0: You're listening to Beyond Your Imagination with Chris Martin. In-depth conversations with dreamers and doers about the 21st century world of independent film. What do you do when you're going through a health crisis and you're a filmmaker? You turn the experience into a film. When Erica Taylor Davis was diagnosed with uterine fibroids, a medical condition that 80% of African American women and 75% of Caucasian women suffer from, she saw a much larger story unfolding. In the midst of her own pain and struggle, she courageously pushed through to objectively tell her story and the stories of countless women with the impact fibroids and endometriosis have had on their lives in a documentary called Red Alert, The Fight Against Fibroids. If you are currently struggling with gripping self-doubt as you tell your own story, I hope you find a glimmer of hope and encouragement in Erica's story of courage, patience, and perseverance. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Hi, I'm Erica Taylor Davis. I am a filmmaker and executive producer of Taylor Productions, and I am also the director producer of Red Alert, the fight against fibroids documentary about women with uh, uterine fibroids and endometriosis. Um, I am extremely proud of that film, and I'm looking forward to its release sometime next year. But the film truly hones in on the storytelling of women who are suffering from uterine fibroids and endometriosis. They're both issues that are not talked about. And so I would love to use this platform to try to help other women who have a lot of questions about their illnesses and uh, their reproductive health and shed some light on those issues.
0: That's amazing. I'm curious, what got you interested in that subject?
1: It actually was sparked from my own story. Um, I have been suffering from fibroids for 11, almost 12 years now. And uh, when I think about all of the pain and all of the issues that I've gone through, the surgeries, after doing research, I realized that there wasn't very much information out there at all about this issue, but yet there are so many women, 80% of African-American women and 75% of Caucasian women will suffer from fibroid tumors. Yet there's not very much information out there about them, their cause or the solutions that are available. There's just not a lot out there. And so I wondered why that was. And so I started digging. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a, a filmmaker and a producer, I... I said, you know what, let me just combine my talents and and purpose and build something that can help other women answer the same questions that I had. You know, once I had my own diagnosis and started to go through all of my health issues, uh, I just decided that, you know, I'm going to go after this. Um, the story gets much deeper than that. And I'm sure you have more questions. <laughs> um, but ultimately, you know, it, it was based upon my own journey, which is And Chris, let me tell you, it's not an easy thing to do to tell your own story, especially um, (laughs) when you're into your second film. So it's, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of filmmakers will tell you, it's much easier to tell someone else's story. So that's a challenge in itself. In addition to trying to find and locate information that just wasn't readily available out there in the medical industry, online, you know, at the doctor's office, just this is information that's kind of... um, it just hasn't been explored much. So I, I was dealing with you know, a two-edged sword in that respect, telling my own story, and then also dealing with a topic that's just not widely recognized or widely discussed.
0: Yeah. Well, and I imagine, too, it was very challenging in that initial state, because when you're making a documentary, you kind of have two choices. You make a film about something else. That maybe you're connected to or not, but you're focused on that other story and bringing Mm -hmm. that out, or you're telling your personal story. At what point did you decide that it was going to be your story?
1: Let me tell you what actually prompted this. And this, is, this information is out on social media, and it will also be told in more detail in the film. Mm-hmm. In 2019, I actually suffered a miscarriage in uh, early, like in March. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, um, I had already had you know, a fibroid surgery several years prior, and I was told that I only had like a 0.1% chance of conceiving. at the time I was told this, my fiance and I, you know, we weren't married yet. And we just kind of looked at each other like, okay, we've got to try to make this work. And we tried for a couple of years and nothing happened. And so we just kind of, um, in my spirit, I kind of gave up a bit. Mm -hmm. And so um, fast forward to 2019 and I suffered a miscarriage that March. And Mm -hmm. it was a shock to me because I didn't know I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just said to myself, you know, I've been through so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can I help other women who are going through the same thing that I'm going through? Because Mm -hmm. my miscarriage was as a result of fibroids. Mm -hmm. And I just said to myself, okay, you know, I prayed about it. I said, okay, how do I, how do I help? You know, I'm going through this, but for myself and my own personality, whenever I'm going through something difficult, it makes Mm -hmm. me feel better to do something for other people. And Mm -hmm. I said, what can I do, you know, considering what I've gone through, what can I do to help on a larger scale? Because this is clearly a problem. Mm -hmm. So I gave it some thought between March and I would say April or May, and it became definitive that I had to do this film that I had to do something centered around what I've gone through so that I know my suffering wouldn't be in vain but also to help other women. And so I began a fundraising my fundraising efforts that June in Washington DC and once I opened up and started telling women who were in that same field Uh, about the film that I was doing, you know, I I wanted to tell them why I was doing it. Mm -hmm. The interest was so huge. And when I started talking about my own health issues in a room full of women Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I met, everyone seemed to open up all at the same time and say, you know, this is my issue as well. This is my problem too. And we all kind of bonded over this health issue, which is, it's bizarre. It's, it's mm-hmm. sad and it's bizarre, but it's true. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, okay, so now that I know that there's some, some pretty big interest here because so many women are going through this, you know, I just kept going and I started fundraising more and started the pre-production process. Didn't know how I was gonna get this movie done, didn't know where the money was going to come from. Mm-hmm. I knew this was an unpopular topic, Chris, and yeah. <laughs> I tell you, you know, I just I just decided to just keep pushing forward. Well, fast forward to September of that same year and you know, it's almost like magic, I got pregnant again. And uh, again, we weren't expecting that. We weren't, you know, quote unquote, trying. Mm-hmm. After that, I knew for sure, 100% that I have to give this my all. Mm-hmm. So I, I sat everything else down and gave everything to Red Alert. Wow.
0: <laughs> and I imagine too, as you're going through that initial stage of not only developing a film I mean, you're entering a second world of emotions because not only do you have the emotions of fibroids itself and, and the miscarriage and all of the, 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 I can't even imagine what you're going through emotionally and physically, but then you have, in a film, you have the, the emotions of making a film
1: and then the emotions
0: of the people a part of the film. So it's like, how do you, how do you manage all that?
1: I just keep it in my heart that I am doing this for a force that's bigger than myself. And that's what really keeps me going and pushing forward with, you know, the production process, because it is not for the faint of heart. I will definitely <laughs> attest to that.
0: <laughs> um, this
1: has not been an easy road because like I said, it's uncharted territory medically, but also this was my first film as uh, this is my directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, my first film on veganism in the black community, I, I pr- helped produce that film, but I was not the director. So, you know, I leaned on my production partner um, for encouragement, uh, <laughs> you know, and production assistance, but also I just have this determination to just keep keep pushing keep moving keep going um, I've had countless setbacks you know not knowing what I would be doing this week or next week but I knew I had to do something so I knew that if I gave it my all that eventually you know it's going to pay off and every time I, I might have thought that you know am I on the right path or just kind of, uh, question what I was doing, there would always be something that would happen to say you're on the right path. Whether it was an email from someone who came across our information on social media saying, This is my story too. Thank you for doing this, you know, or something, you know, health-wise would happen with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it was just a just the universe conspiring to just keep <laughs> pushing me forward in this project. When I sit down with An individual who is telling their story for the film, which I actually, we just had a shoot a couple of days ago. And I sat down with people telling the most horrific stories about their bodies. Mm -hmm. I connect with them over the pain that they've experienced and how they've gotten over it and gotten to the other side. Or we talk about, you know, the feelings that they had while they were going through it. And it's not only, as a producer, it's not only a bonding experience for your talent in the chair, but Mm -hmm. you just, it feels like your purpose just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So you're telling a story, but you're also telling somebody else's story as well. So, you know, it's just all those factors together are what keeps me going in that. Um, My husband and I are still on our same uh, journey to conceive. Mm -hmm. The odds are medically, statistically are not good, but, you know, like I told you before, I had a 0.1% chance of getting pregnant in 2019 and it happened twice. Albeit it didn't result in a full birth, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we still beat the odds there. So Mm -hmm. I would say that just hope keeps us going.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, as you're describing the scenarios of sitting across from women interviewing them about their experiences, I mean, being able to communicate hope and connect through empathy seems like everything.
1: Yeah, it's a privilege. I look at it as a privilege because not only are these women taking out their time to talk to sometimes an absolute stranger about their health issue, you know, I feel very blessed to have been chosen to tell this story, even though it's birthed out of my own pain, anxiety, and anguish, and infertility, and you know, just medical issues. But uh, I just feel really blessed to be in this position to where I can help other women. Mm -hmm. you know, even though it's my story too.
0: I imagine when you're in these moments, there's a lot of loneliness.
1: There is. It's kind of a a seesaw effect. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, one minute you're pumped up and you're excited about the film and possibilities of where this could go and who this could help. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I still have to deal with my own uh, medical reports, my own test results, my, you know, my own issues and, and know that, you know, no matter what I do with this film, I still don't know the end to my own story yet. You know, Mm -hmm. we're still in it. Mm -hmm. There is a, you know, a lot of emotion built into that. And I have a, an amazing husband who, you know, helps me through that process. And, you know, I have to pray for him as well, because, you know, there is a man here involved in all this too, and he has emotions as well about it. So, you know, just the combination of all that can be very taxing emotionally. But, you know, I'm, I'm very grounded in prayer and meditation and spirituality. And that's really what keeps me together during a lot of this. Yeah, but wow. don't get me wrong. I will <laughs> tear up with my talent. <laughs> we will share emotion together, but we get through it and, and get the material done too. <laughs> yeah,
0: because if it if you didn't have the emotion, just it's like you haven't fully processed what you've gone through. Then if you're if if you're almost numb to it,
1: right? Absolutely. I mean, time and again, you see you know stories out there about production and being a director and producer. And one of the uh, things that a lot of successful directors will tell you, I think I heard this from Ken Burns recently in masterclass Mm -hmm. is about connecting to the story. Mm -hmm. You really have to be able to make that personal connection to the story. And that's how you're able to bring out the best of whatever subject matter it is that you're doing. So, you know, you don't want to just arbitrarily take on any random project for the money or, you know, what some directors may think, you know, they may just want to do it for fame or whatever other reason they may have, but if you don't have a real connection to that story, it's gonna come across in your final project. It's gonna come across in your communication about that project, any, you know, written correspondence about that project. You're not gonna people aren't gonna really truly be able to connect with it. Because when you truly connect with the story, then you're able to enter in those, all those subtle nuances that make a film great.
0: I love that. I love that connection to the story, the personal connection to the story cuz you know, making an independent film is hard. It's a struggle. It is. And you have to be in it. There's no yeah. second guessing. There's no,
1: <laughs> no there's
0: no doubt or <laughs>
1: No, not at all. It's it's a hundred percent. You you have to do it a hundred percent. And um, a lot of times, I think what happens is if you're not truly dedicated to your your topic, to your subject, okay. and to your story, then that's what happens. What what okay. usually happens is the film either doesn't get done, or you know it it gets done and it's kind of a, a mediocre response to it. But you can truly tell when someone really puts their all into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really makes a difference in how the audience reacts to it.
0: Yeah. So when you were in the moment of going through the fibroid struggles initially, and the the idea of making a film about this popped into your head, like did you automatically go to feature-length documentary? Or did you think, well, maybe I'll test the waters with something smaller?
1: I honestly... <laughs> Chris, I wasn't sure where I was going to go with it. Um, In my heart of hearts, I wanted to do a full length feature because the first film I worked on, The Invisible Vegan, that was a full length feature. And so that's kind of all I knew. Then at the same time, I had produced a docu-series On the TV One network, that was an hour long, and I Mm -hmm. knew, you know, that would be an easier thing for me to do because I knew the format, I knew how to make that work. Mm -hmm. But as I started to really develop the story, started to really do my research, I realized that I had to. It's going to take more than a short. It's going to take more than, you know, social media videos. It really, the story truly needs to be developed. And additionally, with my own story constantly developing, I'm realizing wow, there's a lot of material here. You know, I went back and forth a little bit in the very beginning, but for the most part, I knew I wanted to do a full-length feature film. And most importantly, because there hasn't been one truly done on this topic effectively, you know, not in the manner in which I'm looking to do it in. Um, I have so much inspiration out there with the streaming services, you know, namely Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime of great artistic films that can still educate. And mm-hmm. so those films really sparked my interest in doing something that was full length.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So as you're, you get the idea, you're doing the research. At what point did it become something more than just your personal story? What When was that first moment of, wow, this is someone else's story too?
1: Oh, it was definitely day one of production. <laughs> I reached out to women all over. Um, specifically, I started with my own close circle um, because this is a, a, a an issue that is widespread among African-American women. Um, and I am an African-American woman. I, I looked to just the people around me and I was able to find some women who wanted to share their stories but you know even though i did the pre-interview i didn't go into great detail about their story because i i wanted to save it for the camera mm-hmm. so on day 1 of production once i finally s- sat down with my i would say my my second or third in- individual i realized like this is so much bigger than me it's mm-hmm. it really is the stories these women were telling were about these tumors that were just invading their bodies in really evasive ways granted i've had the same issues But, you know, these tumors can vary in size Mm -hmm. and they can grow to a magnanimous size, you know, and I I have a clip on our social media page uh, of a woman who describes how hers grew into, it was so large that it, it pushed up against her chest cavity. Oh, wow. And this is a tumor in her uterus. And people don't think that this is something that can actually happen, or they think that it's so far fetched. It's something that can only happen internationally or, you know, uh, in a less developed country or something. No, this is happening right here to women that we all know, you know, and, you know, listening to women tell these stories and how it affected their daily and their monthly lives and how it affected their relationships and their self mirrors, their, their confidence, you know, the storylines just go on and on. And the drama behind these, uh, this issue is just, you know, it's almost ridiculous that, you know, we have to deal with this, you know? And so once I sat down with, um, started to sit down with women on day one of production, I was inspired you know, I just said, I have to hear, I have to try to include as many women as I can in this to tell their story. So people truly get the idea and they understand how serious this really is.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's scary, but it's true. And it's what a lot of women deal with on a regular basis. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I spoke with a young lady on Friday who's, Surgical procedure was botched, unfortunately. And I'm going to save the, the strict details of that to the film, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, she had great suffering behind that botched surgery. Um, one of the other topics that we'll be, we'll be touching is medical care, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of physicians out there that kind of dismiss this. And you can even see it if you do a Google search on this issue. The descriptions out there are very watered down. They're not Mm -hmm. very uh, detailed, and if they are detailed, then you know it's something very clinical. But it's kind of written off a little bit, just to say, you know, oh, this is a common problem, and this is just, you know, this is just what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. It's really sad that you know that the explanations are are even like that. But there's a great number of women out there suffering. You know, like I I said in the statistics, and it's it's. True and it's overwhelming that 80% of African American women will suffer from these by age 50. Wow. Like that's burned into my brain. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
1: I truly want that to be at the top of mind for our medical experts out there, our gynecologists out there, our obstetricians out there. I want to bring this to the forefront because it's it's out there, it's true.
0: So as you connect with these women and tell their stories, how are they changing through the telling of their own story?
1: Oh, my goodness. I think that the interviews are serving almost as a therapy session. I am by no means a licensed therapist, but sometimes I like to say as producers, we are licensed therapists. Um, We've done enough to deserve a license. But once we finish with our interview, typically there has been some, some tearing up. There have been emotional interviews. The women typically end and just say thank you. They just, they say, thank you for letting me share my story, letting me get it out there. It's kind of a cleansing, I think, for them to be able to get that out because you're in a bubble almost where you feel like no one cares what you're going through because you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only person going through this and you're not. There's a huge number of women going through these issues, but you know when you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. it's really easy to isolate yourself and say that you're the only one that's dealing with this. And you feel like your body won't do something that you're asking it to do, that it was designed to do, and you know there's a loneliness about that. So once we're, you know, we've we've done the interview, uh, hopefully I've asked the appropriate questions. The women typically are feeling relieved; they're they're feeling almost a little bit of honor, even I've been told Mm. that they've been placed in that chair to tell their story, and someone cares. You know, Um, and it's also inspired them to talk about it more in social media and be more active in the community of women that are suffering or have suffered from things that they've suffered from. So, yeah. it's a great, like I said, it's a it's a blessed place to be in.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a powerful place to be in too because this is just but one example where when you can empower mm-hmm. the telling of someone's story that they open up and beyond just the context of a film. I mean, that that is an important consideration for everyone to do not just in the context of talking about making film but just the power of someone's story
1: absolutely storytelling you know that term has blown up i think quite a bit over Mm -hmm. the past you know (laughs) five years or so as producers we've been storytelling i've been storytelling for almost 18 years Mm -hmm. but um storytelling is really how people connect to themselves and connect to one another I think it's one of the most powerful forces out there because when we share with one another we're letting people know that they're not the only ones who are going through something mm-hmm. but we're also connecting people to something bigger than themselves and connecting them to stories that could be across the world you know letting them know that the world is bigger than <laughs> you know their own community or bigger than their own state or bigger than their own country you know we're connecting people around the world with stories and to me that's that's a really honorable place to be in
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm ready to jump up and down over the description (laughs) of storytelling because I'm just like, yes, that's amazing. (laughs) That's exactly the feeling when you watch something that really connects to Mm -hmm. that human need of connection.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and if you do it carefully and do it right, I think that you know you can reach a larger audience. Mm -hmm. That's always my philosophy. Is when I'm telling a story is always remember what it's like to be on the other side of the camera. Yeah. Always remember that. (laughs) Mm.
0: What's interesting too is, is not only do you have the job of connecting to women who this is their story, but you're also connecting to an audience as well. So You know, you mentioned a little bit about telling the story well in order to bring people in, but how else are you connecting to the larger audience for this film?
1: I'm also doing outreach on social media, you know, making sure that we. Uh, present some facts about the issues out there to our social media audience, to our followers um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, doing these podcasts, you know, I've, I've talked to people's audiences about the film and about, you know, my own physical struggle and how I've overcome that and is still overcoming that. Mm-hmm. You know, and most recently, we have some information coming soon about teaming up with a fibroid uh, treatment center that will serve as our title sponsor. Oh, wow. Um, And so we're going to be utilizing their platforms as well to be talking about the film and talking about fibroid treatment and, you know, hopefully helping people on a larger scale that way.
0: That seems to be the biggest struggle right now when there's so many options out there for entertainment and even even education. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many options out there for our time and for our eyes and in some instances, even for our hearts. And so, you know, I love the approach that you're taking of making sure that you're telling the personal story, but also these are the facts. These are the things that that people are struggling with.
1: Absolutely. I, I appreciate that, Chris. And, you know, it's definitely, like I said, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Telling my own story means that I have to come out of my own shell and sometimes be seen on camera, which is something that I wasn't necessarily Thinking I was going to do, you know, Mm -hmm. when I decided I wanted to become a producer, it was all about telling stories or telling someone else's story, but telling my own story, you know, that's a whole different ball of wax. So I found a courage within to uh, get myself out there and and hopefully help people through that story and Mm -hmm. um, gotten over myself, so to speak, (laughs) and seeing myself (laughs) on camera and just know that it's for a greater purpose.
0: Yeah. Well, I imagine, too, there might have been some, why are you making a film about yourself? Are you that conceited? Are you that? Because sometimes that happens when when we make something about us. Did it help overcome that, that it was something health-related, something tremendously personal instead of just ego or identity?
1: You know, it's funny. Um, thankfully, I've surrounded myself with people who never really questioned my intention when it came oh, to good. telling that story. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, I think if anyone would have asked that question of, you know, how dare you make something about yourself, it probably would have been me up front oh, wow.
0: <laughs> asking
1: myself that. Yeah. Um, you know, just to kind of do a self check and say, <laughs> you know. Am I worth it? Am I worth telling the story? Does anybody really want to hear this? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and after I had some prayer about that and some meditation about that over and over again, by the way, (laughs) I also, you know, like I said, I have a production partner and she kind of helps me push things along when I might get. Stifled by mm-hmm. uh, creativity or stifled by my own self-doubt. And so having someone in my corner like her, and most certainly, you know first and foremost, my husband too, they are my biggest cheerleaders. And you know they've encouraged me to keep pushing, keep telling my story. And you know, eventually I got over that hump of, mm-hmm. you know the the how dare you hump. Mm-hmm. And just decided that this is this is not just about me but it's a great way for me to use this to help other women as well. So it just kind of fit and it just kind of worked because if I hadn't have gone through the fireboy journey, then I probably wouldn't be doing this film. And I probably would not truly understand what the women in the chairs were telling me um, when it came to their stories and their struggle. So I think that you know it's one of those everything happens for a reason type deals. So while you'll be seeing my transition, you won't be just directed towards that. You'll have all this other information and all these other stories as well that are surrounding it to help emphasize the importance of the subject. Mm.
0: Because what's interesting too is not only is having that personal story help in recruiting other stories, connecting with them, bringing out their stories, but I have to imagine it helps when you're fundraising as well, when you have that personal connection to. To what you're talking about.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I can speak more on this after, you know, the ink dries, but I have connected with a fibroid center and they were very engrossed in my story and the fact that I had gone through this and I'm doing a movie about it. So it was kind of a a package deal, mm-hmm. you know, they were very interested in myself as well as you know the the film. So you know that part of it definitely made more made it more attractive for them to want to be drawn to a sponsorship for the film. So and that was definitely not an easy get. Um, I've been fundraising for uh, daily yeah. for over, you know, a year and a half now. And, you know, you, you hope when you get these ideas and they start spewing out and you want to go full speed ahead on your project (laughs) and there's just no funding there. (laughs) And you're like, what in the world? Doesn't everyone know how important this is? (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) So, you know, the fundraising part of it, you know, that was the hands down, the most difficult part about making this film. It wasn't even storytelling. It was the, the fundraising. You know, I had to put my own funds into it as well, of course, because, mm-hmm. you know, for anything to be great, you have to have skin in the game. And, you know, the fundraising part definitely, especially for a topic that was unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the organizations out there that are doing anything about women with fibroids, their organizations themselves, their foundations, their 501c3s, they're looking for money. They're not necessarily looking to. Put money out there, for, yeah. especially for film <laughs> projects. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was tough, but you know, definitely doable. But it was tough.
0: Yeah, because you can read all of the articles, all the books in the world about fundraising, and it's not until you're sitting across from someone pitching the idea, you know, where, where it really comes to life.
1: You just never know where that blessing is going to come from my biggest advice to anyone who is really trying to make their film happen or make their project happen is just to keep pushing, just keep going. The more people that know about your project, know what you're trying to do, you don't have to, you know, give them all your ins and outs, but if people know that you're doing something for a greater cause, there's someone out there that's going to want to help you with your cause in whatever way, shape, form, or fashion that help comes in. It's it's out there. I've had people come along and you know want to be a part of the team uh, just for the experience or just because they believe in the cause. You know, so sometimes that fundraising and and that help may come in other ways other than just monies, Mm -hmm. it may actually come in the way of, you know, someone saying, Hey, you know, let me serve as your AP for a while, or let me, um, you know, be a production assistant on your set or something like that, which that has happened for people who just want the experience. or they just want to be around this thing because it's so huge and it's so wonderful. And because it's helping other people. So, you know, so I would just give them, you know, just tell them to just keep pushing, keep, um, giving yourself that exposure. Social media is a great platform, that's definitely how I got my sponsors.
0: And I think also an important thing too is the mindset that it's a blessing. Like mm-hmm. you, you've said this several times and it just, it strikes me just how important that mindset is. The funds, the, the the relationship with these women, the audience, it's in a way all a blessing to you.
1: It really is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's a blessing and you know, I would say an honor as well. It's not easy to be put in this position. Um, this particular... Profession that I chose is not an easy one. (laughs) Um, And, you know, like I said before, it's not for the faint of heart. But once you see the payoff, once you see the footage, once you see the emotion in someone's eyes and the relief once they've told their story, or you've seen someone watching something that you've done and learning something, I mean, there's no bigger feeling. Like, there's no bigger blessing than seeing someone's reaction, a positive reaction to a story that you've told. It's an honorable position. To handle someone's story carefully and present it to a large audience of people, mm-hmm. There's just no no bigger blessing. It's just not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> how has your journey over the past what eighteen years you said as a producer?
1: Yes, nearly eighteen years. That's yeah. amazing. how
0: <laughs> How has this experience making Red Alert changed your relationship to what you've done for the past eighteen years?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, my my production career started in radio, national radio. Oh, wow. And national radio is theater of the mind. Mm -hmm. And you can tell a story audibly, but people don't have the visual. So that's kind of where I learned to start telling stories was through radio. I was writing scripts for the host. I was writing feature bits for the host and coming up with our creative strategy, basically on a daily and a weekly basis. So that kind of prepared me and pushed me towards what I chose to do starting in 2011, which was storytelling visually. The transition from radio to television, it was, I won't say it was easy. Thankfully, I was in the same space where the first show that I worked on for television was dealing with music artists, which were the same some of the same artists I was working with in radio. So that was a healthy transition there. But once I started to transition off to television and working on that docuseries, I got to spend more one-on-one time with my talent and developing the story more. So there was a lot more research that's involved in um, doing the interviews and telling their stories about their lives and how they overcame their challenges. And so I was able to find more human connection in that, in just doing the outlines and reading about their histories and and talking to them. And then once we got sat down in the chair on set, then I was able to kind of really roll through a timeline of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I began to understand what storytelling meant on that level. It wasn't just letting someone talk for hours, you have to really be able to take them from one point to another in their lives. Um, because even though we are masters of ourselves, we <laughs> still sometimes need structure to, to kind of <laughs> get from one point to another uh, so that others can understand it. And so transitioning from behind the mic to behind the camera, you know in that respect, I, I began to understand storytelling a lot more structurally. So then, you know, transforming that into film, and I'm bringing the same understanding of storytelling, but now I'm on an even wider scale and adding more time to that story. And there's there's even more components that are needed. So I've kind of grown from one spectrum to another as a producer when it comes to understanding how a story is formed and how it can be developed and how it can be told. I continue learning. You know, I believe that you have to stay curious. I hope to stay curious until the day I leave this earth. You know, I stay curious about processes and how to make them better and how to make them easier. And, you know, hopefully I'll just, you know, keep getting project after project and developing stories one after the other so that I can hone that skill even more the next time.
0: So the question is in my mind, this, when do you know the project's done?
1: (laughs) And that's a that's a really tough question for someone who's a kind of a perfectionist. (laughs) It'll be done when I'm able to see it from beginning to end and not have any questions about a scene or an interview, or I feel like I have developed each point enough. I feel like a wide range of people can connect to it, even if they've never heard the word fibroid, Mm -hmm. then as long as I know when I see the final project that those folks can connect with this story, then I would probably consider it done. Mm. Uh, When I feel like I've, I've truly helped people understand how important this subject matter is, how important awareness is, then I'll know my job is done. And it'll probably come after doing perhaps a screening with those folks who you know, don't have the issue or, you know, if I'm, will put it this way. If a man can watch it from beginning to end <laughs> and be okay with it, then I'll probably know it's, it's, you know, probably about done. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, but I know that at some point I'll have to walk away from it and say it's done. I, I have a strong sneaking suspicion, Chris, that mm-hmm. this story is going to develop with my own story. Yeah. So I think that probably when I get to, quote unquote, that point, whatever that point is in my okay. life and in my own medical history, that it'll be done. I think God will let me know when it's time mm-hmm. for the cameras to stop rolling and the edit bay to close out. I think it'll, I think he'll let me know.
0: I love that the film is connected to your physical presence as well in a, in a way that seems different. Than, than other films because it, since it's so tied to your own personal journey I, I, I love that connection so much because so much of media and stories often seems just like ephemeral or or outside of us and, and I just love that connection
1: I never would have if you someone would have asked me if this is where I would be mm-hmm. five years ago I would have thought they were lying. I never would have pictured myself doing this at this moment. But, you know, honestly, when I did decide to do it, there was no mistaking. There was no question in my mind that this is what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Anytime I might have had any doubt just for a moment later on in the process, uh, there would always be something reassuring me and saying, You're on the right path. Keep mm-hmm. doing this. Keep doing what you're doing. And I use that blessed reassurance to keep pushing forward. Even though I may not see where I'm going, I may not know where my resources were coming from. Mm -hmm. I just kept going and I'm still going. (laughs) 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 We're still going at it. storytelling, making a documentary, especially one dealing with a medical subject matter takes an incredible amount of patience. Mm -hmm. And I have developed that over the past year you know, because I've been so anxious about getting this done and getting this out that it's not on my timing. Mm. You know, it's definitely on God's timing (laughs) and I don't have access to that clock, not just yet. (laughs) So it's taken an incredible amount of patience for me to keep this thing going. You know, I'll have a shoot day in November of last year, but we didn't have another shoot day until March of the following year. Wow! And that is, it meant there was just more pre-production time in between, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But when I was working in radio, or when I was working in Los Angeles and Hollywood and television, everything happened all at once. You you get a show, you plan your shoots to be a certain amount, a month or two or something like that, whatever it took. You have six shoot days, you get it done. This has taken over a year and a half, and we're still not done. So I'm planning for things to be done next spring. And thankfully, now that we have a sponsor, we can definitely stick to that schedule. But it has taken an incredible amount of patience to be okay with where we are in the story right now. And that's okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, the whole topic of patience and filmmaking. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially the world of independent filmmaking. I mean, if you aren't patient, I imagine you just get wrecked pretty quick.
1: Yeah, you can, you can go stir crazy with this and then, you know, let's throw in a pandemic in between, you, <laughs> <Yes>. you know, <laughs> you know, let's make it so that you can't even walk outside, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, there's an opportunity for madness in that recipe. So, you know, it it really is just about patience and you can never stop learning. You can never stop researching. You can never stop thinking about different angles or seeking out people's stories or, you know, thinking about different elements that you can add. Uh, so I just kind of use that time to do just that, mm-hmm. you know, just to see how could I make this part better? How could I extend this part? How could I shorten this part? Would this be more interesting if I phrased this that way? You know, there's so many moving parts and so many components, and there was a lot of this that I was doing on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I also had to take out time to, seek out assistance and seek out other people who could connect with the story and maybe get their feedback about something. Because when you try to do something all on your own, it's virtually impossible. So, you know, I just, you know, fill that time with that, with those elements and, you know, it built patience within me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I didn't fully think right away the whole idea of being able to distance yourself enough to be objective about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, that's not necessarily easy, but (laughs) I try to work really hard at doing that. One of the things I mentioned before is always remember what it's like to be on the other side of the camera. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that tries to keep me objective. I do have information. It's a documentary. So I want to make sure that my viewpoints are coming from all different directions. I want to make sure that I'm covering everything and not biased to one treatment or another or biased to one story or another. So I want to make sure that I give, you know, equal time to different types of treatments and different women's stories because say for instance, you know, I present the story of a woman who Decided to have a hysterectomy and she felt like it was one of the best things she could have ever done. Mm. Well, then I might present the story of a woman who was still of childbearing age and was forced to have a hysterectomy. But, you know, so I have both of those stories in there. You know, they're conflicting. So I want to make sure that I'm covering all my bases, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when it comes to treatment. There's also some conflicts around treatment. You know, some people may say having embolization is the way. Another doctor may say embolization is not the way. You know, so I want to make sure that I present all those different viewpoints as well to make sure that I stand in an objective place with it.
0: Absolutely, because I I would imagine was something so personal to women that if they heard just one angle and maybe it was a part of their journey and it didn't work for them. What was once hope could become crushing despair if you weren't objective?
1: Yeah, it's such a sensitive topic that you definitely want to keep some objectivity in there. And because it's uncharted territory, you definitely want to keep things objective. Every woman's different. Every woman's story is different. Not all women are as concerned about fertility as other women. So, you know, you definitely want to be sensitive to what women are going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that... Because I have a personal interest in this story, I know the feelings that I've had about it. I know the health, you know, with my own health issues and the struggles that I've had with us trying to conceive for three years now, you know, with uh, no full success, there are some sensitivities that I have as well. So, you know, I definitely want to make sure that this is something that is going to bring out the right emotions, the emotions that spark awareness, the emotions that spark change. Not something that's going to uh, have people targeting in on one part of the story that might bring the you know the wrong emotion. Mm-hmm. So I just I want to you know be careful and balance that. So that's why I try to make sure that I have all the different types of stories in there.
0: Yeah, amazing. So as you move forward and you wrap up the film and you release it and and continue the story, what do you hope that you never forget about? This journey of making this film?
1: Well, I'm hoping that, um, (laughs) again, I can hold on to that patience Mm -hmm. and understanding that I can't have everything I want all at once, which is something that I desire for my films, my projects. Understanding that it takes time to develop the story. Um, I hope I can hold on to all those feelings. But also, the biggest thing, Chris, is that I want to hold on to the courage that it took for me to do this. You know, it took courage for me to put myself out there to strangers. You know, it's taken courage for me to reach out to women and ask them to come and sit in a stranger's chair and tell their most intimate stories. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I hold on to that courage. Um, I want to make sure that that I remember the purpose, Mm -hmm. that I remember why I did this that I remember why it was important for me to shed any insecurities and do this. So I, I wanna you know, definitely carry that forward as a filmmaker. I wanna make sure that I tell the story without fear. I think that it takes a certain fearlessness to be in this space. And this is truly helping me to shed any fears that i have about what people might think about my story or what people might think about me choosing this subject i just i want to hold on to all of that
0: thank you so much for your courage i know for myself i'm emboldened today by your courage to share and to create this film and and share your personal story because it's not easy, but when you see other people doing it and you experience their their genuine capacity and care for others, you can't not be inspired to act courageously. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> no problem. I'm really honored. I appreciate you um, allowing me to be on your podcast and share this story with others. Um, I hope even if just one person is inspired to keep going and to reach out for their dream, I'm satisfied. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that you've allowed me to be on the show to talk about the film. I could probably talk about this film every day for the rest of my life and never get tired.
0: <laughs> that's a good sign of of something that's important to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So where can people learn more about you, your film, and help support the completion
1: of it? You can go to our website, which is www.redalertmovie.com. There are options on there to give to the film. I also have sponsorships still available. So they can either go through the website for that to connect with me or that we can connect on social media. Specifically, Instagram is a great way to connect. Um, Our handle on Instagram is at redalertmovie. Um, You can DM me there um, or my staff and they will get the message to me. If you're a woman who's suffering from fibroids, I'd love to hear from you or endometriosis. I'd love to hear from you. Hopefully, you know, with what we've got going on, hopefully they won't have too much trouble finding me uh, with our new uh, ambassadorships that we have coming soon. On Twitter, we are at fibroid movie so uh we can be reached out there as well and on facebook uh there's red alert movie on facebook as well so or if people just want to reach out to me personally on facebook i am at soul glow s-o-u-l-g-l-o-7-6 <laughs> so they can reach reach out to me on instagram there as well so yeah
0: amazing erica thank you so much for taking time and sharing your story it is an honor
1: it's an honor to speak with you too Chris best luck to you with your podcast you're doing great I love the subject matter and I can't wait to hear more I'll stay tuned
0: thank you for listening to Beyond Your Imagination with Chris Martin head to byi.show to learn more about Erica and her film Red Alert, The Fight Against Fibroids you'll also find her bio links to her website and filmography along with a complete transcript of the show Until next time, may your action always be greater than your inspiration as you build worlds beyond your imagination.